Before we get to today's show, let me tell you about HubSpot. Finding a service solution that helps you keep your customers happy can feel impossible. Like try to remember the name of that guy you literally just met at the networking event. HubSpot's all new service hub can help. It brings together service and success together on one platform. With AI-powered help desk and chatbots to handle your frontline support tickets. So you can scale support and drive retention and revenue. Visit HubSpot.com slash service to learn more. We saw on the Wendy's commercial, like you can still do really good direct response video just like that. Getting to the value properly, clearly hitting that message consistently through the ad, being upfront with the product, like that is really valuable. And those things still work and work in a really meaningful way. Hey, hey, welcome to another episode of Marketing Against the Grain, your show for marketing-minded people everywhere. I'm your host, Kip Bodner, CMO over at HubSpot, joined as always by my co-host, Kieran Flanagan, who's the CMO over at Zapier. And we have a fun show today. We are going to do an 80s ad reaction show. So Kieran and I do not know the ads we are about to see. Producer Darren has pulled some ads from the 1980s, and we are going to break down what is timeless about them, what we can all learn from this golden era of TV commercial marketing, what is completely outdated and have some good laughs about them. And you're going to get our unbridled reactions. We have no idea what these ads are. So there's probably going to be a lot of laughs, a lot of jokes. We're, we're excited about it. Kieran, like what, what better way to spend like 45 <laughs> minutes than to looking, looking at some weird ads from the 80s. All right, Darren, give us ad number one. All right. Roll the tape. All right. Yeah, roll the YouTube. <laughs> Here we go. I love Here we go. Rich. Oh, we goodness. Kill off many weeks. But the delicious frosted side makes the rich kid in me open wide. <laughs> Wait, what the is this? The shredded wheat helps keep Frosted. me on my toes. <laughs> the little ballerina in me thinks the taste steals the show. Kellogg's Mini Wheats. Wholesome shredded wheat for the adult in you. Great taste for the kid in you. So they're delicious and nutritious. The whole grain wheat really packs a crunch. But the delicious taste gives it just the right punch. <laughs> <laughs> hey, do you, know, do you know a crazy thing? Do you know an absolutely insane thing that you picked that ad? That is my favorite cereal of all time. Kieran. I Kieran. love that cereal. We, we, we were destined to be brothers from another mother. I love That's that cereal so that much. Cereal and for a while, they made a maple-filled version of it that was real good. It was like extra oh, sugar. Yeah, yeah, Americans always know how to like one-up themselves in, <laughs> oh, totally. and packing in really things that can kill you. Like uh, Frosty Lucky Charms have to be like worse for you than heroin. Oh, they are. they're so bad for you. But okay, so that was a commercial for Frosted Mini Wheats, Kieran and I's favorite cereal ever. Back when I worked in an office every day at HubSpot, I would have like multiple bowls of Frosted Mini Wheats oh, a week yeah. because they were cereal, so good. Cereal in the evening tastes 10 times better than cereal in the morning. Yeah, because it's terrible for you. You shouldn't eat it any time, but you, you, eat it, you definitely you shouldn't start your day with it. It's like starting I guess it, yeah. your day with like <laughs> a, a snort of drugs, man. Yeah. Like, okay. So that commercial blew my mind because essentially it was a frosted mini wheat commercial. And, and, and I should say before we get into the breakdown that if you were listening to this podcast audio only, this is going to be one that you're probably going to be better up to go hit the Marketing Against the Grain YouTube channel. We want you to subscribe over there anyway. We're doing video first content. This is really a video first show. So it's a hit it up the YouTube. All right. With that being said, this was a frosted mini wheats commercial, Karen, in which the whole premise was cutting back and forth between kids and adults in different jobs. Well, I don't think being a fairy is a job. <laughs> no, it wasn't a fairy. It was a, ball, a, ball, a ballet dancer. <laughs> All right. 
That makes more sense. <laughs> oh, God. Somebody help us. Somebody help us. Well, what's the first guy then? A cowboy? First guy was a cowboy. We can't be, is that a job? That is a job? Yes, okay, it's, sorry, yeah, it's a random. Cowboys, which I, I didn't know that was a joke. <laughs> the cowboys are going to come after you in the YouTube We don't comments, have cowboys so. in Ireland. This is the problem when we try to do well. like US ads. I did not grow up in these ads. I get the whole like, you know, it's the cool thing about this is it's pretty clever that it's marketed to adults because it's marketed to adults and for adults to actually eat the thing, yes. the cereal, like most cereals would be marketed to kids, but this was actually cool that it was marketed to the adults. Well, so it was marketed to both. And that's the genius. If we want to go into like, what is the timeless marketing advice? They found a value prop that really worked for both audiences that they're trying to serve. And they hit that in one spot, which was like, hey, this is wholesome wheat for adults and then sugar on the other side for the kid in you, right? And so it's marketed oh, to the adults, that's cool. but also kind of like hits the kids as well. <laughs> Ignore all the sugar on top. <laughs> Just yeah, about what, the what they're hoping is that like parents will buy this and they'll eat it and the kids eat it. And so they'll, they'll consume more and they they'll subsequently buy more boxes of cereal on a monthly, yearly basis, right? And so I think that part of it holds up super well. I think that kind of targeting and super clear, like, why? That why was super clear. It was, oh, whole wheat and sweet. That was it. Like, that was, that was the whole why. It was awesome. The bad is, man, the cuts and editing in this commercial are real bad. <laughs> like, enjoy it. it was like somebody figured out how to use like video editing Photo software. Video. It was like, oh, we'll just magically just do a jump cut to from a kid to an adult. And I Look like what I've anybody to do. Look what I've learned to do. Don't, Let's do it in it this It was a little bit of a like, somebody at that ad agency learned how to use that editing <laughs> software was like, well, we have to do this idea because it, it lets me use my new editing software. I do like the insight that it markets to both kids and parents. And really the only reason to have children is so you can buy bad cereal and eat it, <laughs> <laughs> eat it totally. on their behalf. But it, what, what's good about that commercial and that ad is that it's rooted in business strategy. They were The goal was to sell more cereal and have higher consumption. And the way they were going to do that is through having the whole family eat it. How they actually executed it with like the weird like karate teacher, cowboy, fairy, <laughs> like fairy ballet dancer uh, folks as like the characters, weird. I think they could have done a better job on that front. But I think the copywriting and the overall goal of the ad, spotless. What uh, what would you add before we go to go to the next one, Karen? No, I think we've nailed it. I would just say the the first time I ever went to the U.S. when I was, oh I think, just leaving school, I think, and going to college, I bought a whole box of Frosty Lucky Charms and ate <sighs> the entire thing. And it still goes down as like one of the greatest half an hours of my life, but then one of the worst following three <laughs> hours of my life. Let's let, let's let's be clear. The greatest three zeros of all time are Frosty Mini Wheats, Lucky Charms, and Cinnamon Toast Crunch. If you disagree, drop in the YouTube comments. But those are the greatest three cereals of all time. I think they're a good shot. Darren, add number two. All right, here we go. Ready? Here comes the one. <laughs> stop. 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 <laughs> <laughs> These ads are so well chosen. This is Kip and his element. I'll just let Kip narrate this because he's in I mean, his like, he's I mean, in heaven right this now. This is an ad for Heinz ketchup. That is incredible. Ketchup is one of my favorite things in the entire world. I, I don't think I've met anyone me. who like is like, ketchup is my favorite thing. I still think that is in insane. I love ketchup. I'm sorry. I know there are a lot of ketchup haters out there. I don't care. Come at me in the comments. I don't care. But what we just saw, we're going to finish playing this. We just saw a, a hot dog on a giant fork with them pouring ketchup over it. There was no bun. No way you would normally eat a hot dog. It was really creepy. 
I'm well, just hot dogs say are the worst food in the world. How do you all eat them in the states? <laughs> they're, they're they're like not great. Most, I'll oh, have like one God. or two a year in the summertime. They're but, bad. Uh, that, they're, they're bad. They're not good. All right, all right. Let's 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 go back to the ad. I just I just had to stop because I love ketchup, but I'm already in on this ad. Here comes the one. The one. This, this song is genius. This jingle. Only one ketchup stands for this kind of thickness with what this kind of taste. What kind of thing is that? Ketchup lovers, not try plastic bottle. She is. How much ketchup is she actually putting there's on no, that? There's like no way. There's no way that little girl. There's no way that little girl could actually pour that ketchup bottle. I find that completely impossible. <laughs> she has to pour it with both hands. <laughs> like that's the selling point. Now bigger than your daughter. A <laughs> ketchup bottle now bigger than your daughter. Go get it when it's hot. I love everything about that ad, including the jingle. I actually didn't listen to the jingle. I, what was the strap line? What was it? For the big man's bun? No, the thick, rich one. They're marketing Heinz ketchup as the thickest and most <laughs> unique tasting and the number one ketchup. Thickness as as the value prop of this. Look, I think Heinz ketchup is the best ketchup in the world, to be clear. The song Dope. I love jingles always work. I love a jingle, good jingle. When did we move away from jingles? Yeah, can we have more jingles? Were jingles? a whole industry. Yeah, can can we have more jingles on like online video ads? Like, I would hey. love to come across like a video ad online with a jingle. We need more jingles. First of all, I might make an ad with a jingle. <laughs> oh, if you make an ad with a jingle, 80s. I would love to see it. That would be. I, will, I might do it. I think it's the thing I need to do. In all seriousness, if you were watching this. If, especially I think if you were like a direct consumer brand, if you use like 1980s cinematography and used a jingle to make your modern ad, it would look and feel so different and stand out so much. I think you would be shocked about the click through and engagement rate on that ad. I actually think that's an incredible marketing plan for a B2C brand, which is yes. all of their ad, the whole entire thing, make it feel like 80s, like the website to the advertising to everything. Cause people really love nostalgia. I think tapping into that would actually be really cool. Like bring it all back to the jingles and all those things. To your point, it would be very different from everything else that's going on. You know who I'd love to see it? I would love to see high-end perfume brand. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that'd be sick. Because like those the, perfume oh, commercials are so terrible oh, right now. Oh, they're so I terrible. I actually read an entire Wired, I think, deep dive into like why perfume ads are the worst ads on the internet, but work really well. But if you go like high-end to low-end, and just like the opposite end of the spectrum, we, we always talk about like going counterintuitive mm -hmm. to where the crowd is going. That would be incredible, like seeing uh, I would love that. cheesy 1980s jingle for this high-end perfume brand. Okay, so what we love jingles. We love that brands today could play in the 80s nostalgia. What we hated was the copywriting, not great. The value prop about Heinz being thick and the only ketchup that's like thick and tastes this good, not great. Not, <laughs> not, not, not great. And then like the pouring it on top of a weird hot dog on the fork as the opening shot of the commercial. Not good. That was that, pretty that, awful. That did not age well, guys. Did It did not it, age well. It also looked like a toothbrush, but uh, I, I don't think anyone I would think love it looked ketchup. like something other than a toothbrush, Kieran, as well, I would say. It looked, okay. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> what the, what, I'm trying to figure out what you mean by that. <laughs> Oh, poor Kieran. Everybody in the comments, help help Kieran out in the YouTube comments. Oh, I feel like I've missed some sort of innuendo thing that I really should have caught on to. Just for the viewers out there, Kieran misses all the innuendo all right. things all the time. Put it in, so don't, don't put even it in worry the comments what you think it was. But I thought the whole ad was 
mediocre up until the selling point of the ketchup bottle being so big you could actually have a bath <laughs> yeah, in it. The ketchup <laughs> bottle being bigger than the little girl, which had nothing to do with the rest of the ad. It was the, one of the weirdest <laughs> endings of an ad I have like ever seen. She's like carrying the bottle like into the plate. Which, yeah. <laughs> like, 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 does she have squashed. a special backpack that she puts the ketchup bottle in to like carry it to the table? Because there's no I way ke- she could carry that thing to I the table. I think the ketchup bottle sprouts legs and carries her around in the backpack. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. So far... This is the leader for the worst ad of the show. But we will we'll close out with what we think the worst ad of the show is. Producer Darren, let's go to ad number three. Okay, come on up. Okay, Jonathan. We're sending you back in time. Oh, I already love it. television, radio. I'm so in on you know this. What it is, yeah. Back to the future. Careful. No. Anything you do could change history. Comes the word. Activate time travel mode for the year 1885. He's there. Where's my Pepsi? <laughs> it's... Oh, no. Pepsi. I knew it was Pepsi. Okay. What's he doing? What's he doing? Why is he going back to I think I missed the purpose of the ad. First of all, my favorite show of the 1980s, Quantum Leap. Oh, gee, we are. Like, that is my favorite show as well. <laughs> Sam and Al. Sam Beckett's the man. Are you watching the new Quantum Leap? I was going to watch. I just don't think it's ever going to live up to Dude, oh boy. It's, it's, I like it. I think it's good. I think you should it's give good, it a shot. It. Do, do they say, oh boy. Like, it's, it's a, it's oh a little boy. bit a little bit less cheesy, but I think okay. the plot's pretty solid. So what is the premise of this ad then? Like, Okay, I'm going to tell you what I think the premise is because I tried to pay close attention. So first of all, I thought it was a, a nod to Quantum Leap because of the time travel. And I was very interested in that because I love Quantum Leap. And I could imagine... Quantum Leap being a big show at the time, that being a big device. And that's probably something that worked really well for them at the time. Back to the Future. What was Back to the Future? Well, both. Back to the Future and Quantum Leap. So time travel was really big in the 80s. And so I think that worked really well for them. What they were basically making the argument of is that Coke started in the original Coke recipe was in 1885. And so they basically time traveled him to get rid of Coke. I think this is my interpretation of this ad. <laughs> so it's Terminator? <laughs> Terminator yeah, for a brand exactly. water? <laughs> yeah. All the 1980s Pepsi ads are bananas. I think that one won a prize, right? Like it won one of the Lions, Did it? whatever. Yeah, I think so. It wasn't It wasn't great. It was not great. I think it's something to do with... Um, I don't know what to do. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, look, it, it it's, it's memorable. It leans into everything. What I didn't like, the first time you saw it was a Pepsi commercial. You know what you saw? The Pepsi brand right next to the Coke brand. Like it was bad, extra bad competitive marketing is that you were two thirds of the way through the commercial before you knew what the ad was for. And then the second I saw product, I wasn't sure if it was a Pepsi ad or a Coke ad for a couple seconds. We've done a whole episode on this. Pe- Pepsi are the ultimate challenger brand. Their whole yes. their whole advertising is against a challenger. We had we had on Christopher Locken and we talked a lot about Pepsi as a challenger brand. He thought that was an awful idea Strategy. because you're very, very similar to you because you advertise your competitor. I actually do not agree with that because one of the things it actually does is it basically pulls you up to where your competitor is in some ways. And it also helps people to understand the value of your product through the lens of competitors. So if like, oh, you've been, you truly understand what Coke is. It, maybe Coke is like not a great example because it's just brand water, but like you understand what that brand does. So then you can more easily understand what your competitor does or the competitor brand does. So you don't really have to explain what you do to the audience. You just have to explain why you're better because you've put yourself against this brand. Everyone understands who this brand is. And then you can kind of just focus on the parts that you're better. But then again, I guess if we look at the results, Pepsi has not made much of a 
Dan yeah, it didn't really Coke, work. So it didn't, didn't really, really work. work. So I think you're basically admitting you're wrong, which is great. Yeah, so <laughs> I've argued against myself. <laughs> great job. Great job. You come all the way back around. All right, so to close out on this ad, we love the play on the trend of the time around time travel. We thought that was really good. Plug into internet culture. We had Trung on the show. If you want to learn how to actually plug internet culture into your marketing, you need to watch that show. Yeah, the Trung Fan episode. Go, go check that out. But there's a lot of things I disliked about that ad. I hated that it took so long to figure out what the product was without like a great hook. Like I didn't think that the time travel thing was so interesting that I could get past like not knowing what the product was, you know? And I think the lesson to be learned from here is great ads, the attention span, especially today are so short. You got to get that product in the first couple seconds of the ad with the story you're telling. And if you can't get that product in up front, I think you're going to lose people and you're going to see the, the returns of your ad spend and your creative really diminish over time. Yeah, I agree. I really did not like that ad the more I actually think about it. We'll be right back. But before, let me tell you about another podcast I love. Nudge, hosted by Phil Agnew, is brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, the audio destination for business professionals. Ever notice how the smallest changes can have the biggest impact? On Nudge, you learn simple evidence-backed tips to help you kick bad habits, get a raise, grow a business. Every bite-sized 20-minute show comes packed with practical advice. Nudge is fast-paced, but it's still insightful with real-world examples that you can apply. Oh, and it's the UK's fastest-growing business podcast. If you want an MBA's worth of insight in one podcast, this is the right show for you. Entrepreneurs will love this show because it's filled with repeatable proven studies, not hearsay and one-off success stories. You're going to love the show because I was interviewed by Phil. You can go check out my episode. And I recently listened to an awesome episode. It's called Six Scientifically Proven Persuasion Techniques. It's a must listen for anyone in marketing. Listen to Nudge wherever you get your podcasts. All right, all right. We got a couple more ads we got, we got to get through. Producer Darren. <laughs> Table for two. Oh, I yeah, know this one. This is Farrah Roche. Right? How'd you know she smoked? Farrah Roche? Oh, no, it's not. Tobacco stains give smokers away. <laughs> not when you brush every day with Topol. Topol smokers can polish with fluoride, safely removes newly deposited tobacco particles, and helps oh, clean like, away well, the stains. They're narrowing in on exactly this case. No, no, we smoke. But your teeth. You smoke. You don't have horrible brown teeth. Wow, you must have good this toothpaste. This would be amazing. <laughs> Topol. First of all, there's a Topol. reason this, to this toothpaste is not brand does not exist anymore. Literally never heard of it. And the fact that this toothpaste brand existed just to market to cigarette smokers <laughs> is bananas. I do like bananas. that, right? Because like, how do you differentiate in that? Like that must be one of the hardest products to create an ad for because every product is the exact same and there's about a thousand different brands. And so at least they picked the, like a real specific customer segment. They're like, hey, smokers, you tend to have bad breath and your teeth are horrible. Here's a toothpaste with a terrible but, name but, for you. <laughs> but literally the opening five seconds of the ad was them fin offending all female smokers yeah. by like talking about her teeth. <laughs> Yeah, alienate them. So do you not know? Yeah, that's, Kip, that's have a you, terrible marketing have you strategy. Ever, alienating you, your customers. All right, you don't know anything about the game. Have you ever read the book, The Game, from the guy <laughs> who knows everything about neurolinguistic programming? And there's this thing in Dayton that he teaches all these groups of nerds. It's an incredible book where you actually have to dis 
the person that you want to end up with and make them feel excluded from the group. And then you slowly give them compliments and bring them back in. So this is all psychological. They are going to offend their audience and then they're going to compliment them and then bring them back in and make them feel good about themselves. But hold on. The middle frames of that commercial were literally just toothpaste getting put on a toothbrush with the days of the week. They needed to remind people that you needed to brush your teeth every day. Yeah, because smokers that, are dumb. That, that was literally like they've a smoked, quarter of the smoked so, They've smoked so much, exactly. they don't even know the days of the week anymore. <laughs> They're like, what day is it? I'm smoking myself to death here. And I love the way that they were all quite posh. Like only posh people actually really smoke. Yeah, and it's like, With were they accents. positioning that toothpaste for like, the high-end smoking audience was really weird. <laughs> yeah, no. yeah, I, I don't I, think the targeting of that... Uh, look, I'm with you that I like that they had a clear target audience. I like that a clear target I audience. I think their target I, audience was too small. And I think that the ad creative didn't do a great job delivering the story because they wasted a lot of time on the, like, you need to brush your teeth every day message, for example. I would have started that ad with what they ended at, which is like, oh, here, this way to the non-smoking section. No, no, I'm a smoker. Would have been like, that Like that would have been a more interesting start to that ad than offending the lady who smokes and then reminding people that they need to brush their teeth every day. Yeah, I think one of the takeaways is like, know who you're for. And I do think they do a good job of that. Yeah. And this could be like one dude in his mother's basement making a toothbrush or a brand, toothpaste brand. And that audience is enough for him to sustain like a good lifestyle, right? So, Not in the 1980s. It, you know, this was some big conglomerate <laughs> sub product. Today, but that's maybe Know the your case. audience, clear value prop, offend them, <laughs> and then make them feel better at the end. I think this had it, had it all. It's one of my favorites. I'm, oh my I'm gosh. all in on this ad. And then remind people like, Remind them of something very simplistic that they may have forgot, like the days of the week, uh, I think. So it's got all of the right <laughs> ingredients for an incredible ad. When you have to remind your audience to use your product and that product is a life essential. So it's, if they it's just a added commercial. a jingle, like use it on Monday, Tuesday, <laughs> yeah. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Why not about Saturday and Sunday? We would have had all of the parts of an 80s ad in like one. In it was one a very, ad. it was the most 80s ad. That toothpaste ad was the most 80s ad. All right. I think we got one more right. 80s ad that producer it's Darren be, has found for us. This I know, and you know he's going to end with something fire. So let's go. Excuse me. Did you know that Wendy's now has breakfast sandwiches for under a buck? Anything you can what? buy what under a What is this guy doing? What? He's dying what? from buying it's Wendy's burgers for under a euro. Free start the day sandwiches at a special oh, little price. Oh, they look good. You Americans. You Americans are just or insane. What? Now what are you? Anything you can buy for 99 cents that is a breakfast, Even like, you need to be, still under you a need to be offended. So to Wendy's. What is the yeah. actor in this is so bad? Breakfast under a buck. The guy at the start then is having a heart attack. It he looks like he's like, he's like clutching his chest he's at like, the start of that ad. Oh, another, another 99 cent breakfast. I'm actually about to like uh, have a heart attack here. Any, <laughs> yeah, like, I, I eat sausage and eggs every day on buttered toast and I'm about to die. Is what <laughs> I learned from the first five seconds of that ad. American value props are just incredible when it comes to fast food, which well, is yeah, it's so, the, it's more, so the more badness you can pack in for the lower amount of cost is the real like selling point. <laughs> okay. Clearly the best part of that entire ad was the dog. I didn't see the dog. Are you serious? You didn't see the dog? I do think the strap line breakfast for under a buck. I think that's good, pretty good. good. Good copywriting, super clear value prop. Super and, clear they, value and they prop. had a dog. Look, 
dogs work. Where was the dog? Darren, can you show us the dog? On the bed beside of him. Oh, I was too Ooh, focused on this. I was feeling like this guy's actually going to die in an ad. I didn't see that. <laughs> I actually didn't see the he dog. He was on the bed beside of me, runs into the hallway while he's taking a shower and hurrying to get his breakfast sandwich and then runs down to help him get out the door. The dog oh, was in like the majority of the ad. Oh my God. <laughs> what was I watching? I wonder if I was watching a different ad. Clearly you were. All right. So we agree. We agree that the message and the copywriting was really good and clear. The use of the dog, even though you didn't see it. Look, if you're out there and you have the opportunity to use an animal, people love animals. Animals and babies work. We have learned this. The internet has taught us this. Take that amazing learning and use animals in the internet. Use animals and babies. People like them, generally. The actor in this commercial was the worst actor of any of the commercials we watched today. <laughs> like, he gets the Razzie for worst 1980s commercial actor on today's show. Like, to say he was overacting would be an insult to overactors. Like, he, he, was, he was just really bad. He had one job, to eat a breakfast sandwich and make it look realistic, and he just couldn't do it. <laughs> well, it's true. But what I will also say about this ad, in contrast to that Pepsi ad that we watched a few minutes ago, they hit you with the message right off the top. Right. They get into the value they, prop. They get into the value prop and the product right off the top. It is super clear. It is, I think, that last ad, that Wendy's ad, was the best example of kind of TV direct response marketing. Where it's like, hey, we're going to hit you over the head with this thing. It's going to be a super clear story. We're going to show this to you in the morning and in the evening. And we're going to drive people into the Wendy's drive through to pick up these breakfast sandwiches. Well, the other thing that the algorithms taught us, like, so back then, they probably had some data to show engagement across ads. But the algorithms have actually taught us that the first five seconds is the most important part no, of any completely. video. So now we can actually say, you know, the algorithms actually can tell you. What, how you should structure content. And so we've learned like the first five minutes is when you actually do need to give people the value prop and so you can't delay it to the end. And this ad is a great example of like an ad that would work on YouTube because the very first five seconds is like, here's our value prop, right? And everything comes, everything after that is like reinforcing that value prop and then it ends with the value prop again. So that is like a very well structured direct response ad. Yeah, and, and they're, they're clear on the cost, they're clear on the value, they're clear on what the product is and why it's good. Like, I actually think that might be the, sadly, worst acting might be the best ad of the day. I think it's the most well-structured ad of the day. Yes. It's also the worst for you, <laughs> the worst for your health <laughs> oh, out of the terrible day. terrible for your health, of course. <laughs> Probably of course worse, for, worse than frosted wheats. Oh, uh, yeah, for sure worse than frosted mini wheats. Either frosted mini wheats are terrible for you, but they're delicious. They are delicious. so delicious. Okay, so what did we learn from our ads on today's show? We learned that the 1980s was a wild, wild time for advertising, but a lot of what worked in the 80s still works today in terms of we want jingles to be back, playing on the trends like back. we saw with the time travel Pepsi commercial, like playing on the trends of what's like popular in the zeitgeist, like that works. We saw on the Wendy's commercial, like you can still do really good direct response video just like that. Getting to the value prop really clearly, hitting that message consistently through the ad, being upfront with the product, like that is really valuable. And those things still work and work in a really meaningful way. A great direct response ad and the formula behind them will work across time. As long as humans are humans, they are like programmed for how humans internalize information. And so like, I think any great direct, ad, like even back, we like we went, yeah. we did a little thing on 1920s and we showed some of the ads back then and copywriting actually was really strong. Oh, across. it was so good back then because they had to be because they were only, be. only those types of ads. And 
in TV commercials were such an important part of culture in the 80s that the co- commercials had to be good. Some of these yeah, were terrible. Yeah, people knew the but, jingles. Like they, they yeah. people actually sang the jingle. The jingle was the jingle was the big part of the 80s ads. Like people knew jingles, sung jingles. They were the big part. They that was copyright, and then the 80s was were the jingles. Okay, so. I think we got to close out with, we each have to say what is our, our best and worst ad of the show. And we want everybody in the YouTube comments to also tell us what their best and worst ad of the show is. So Kieran, let's start with best. What, what did you think was the best ad of, of the show today? Mini weeks because they did the dual side marketing to both sides of that equation. Human, uh, not humans, <laughs> humans and robots. I <laughs> want way too much AI content. <laughs> I mean, uh, adults and kids, I, I thought they actually nailed that. Worst ad, ketchup. There's just nothing like other than the other than huge, the jingle. It was so terrible. I completely agree with you. The worst ad, the Heinz ad was by far the worst. I'm going to go best ad Wendy's because I thought they just nailed the direct response side of it. For me, the mini wheats was the second best ad. So I think we're, I think we're aligned on those. We would love to hear what you, what you all think. Please comment and tell us what you thought the best and worst ads were on the YouTube channel. Hit subscribe. If you like today's show, we're going to be t- doing more fun reaction videos. We're going to talk, be talking about AI, marketing, all kinds of fun stuff coming up on the channel. So please, please subscribe. Until next time, we'll see you real soon on Marketing Against the Brain.